Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, we're looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're going to be reading from Psalm 43 and 44 today. And we're also switching it up a little bit. We're not doing a proverb today, but we're doing Isaiah chapter 64. Now really the theme, I think, today as we look through these verses is appealing to God for mercy. Appealing to God for intervention, mercy, forgiveness of sin. That's really what I kind of uh, grasped from these words this morning as I was kind of pre-reading before we were to get started. Uh, It's a reminder that within ourselves, there's not much, right? Isaiah says, you know, even the works I do, even the righteousness that I do is filthy rags because our iniquities like wind have taken us away. And it's just, it's appealing to God to rescue us and to save us, not even for our own sake, but for God's sake, for His mercy's sake. And I just think about kind of just where we are right now in the world and just how desperately God's people need Him to kind of arrive and save us, right? That's really where we're at. It's like, God, if you don't do something, there will will literally be nothing left. They're devouring your people. And so with that backdrop, let's take a look. We've got Psalm 43 first, which is only only five short verses. uh, And then we'll dig into Psalm 44. Let's begin. Psalm 43, King James Bible. Here's what it says. Judge me. O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. Now that first verse, doesn't it just really speak to what we're feeling and dealing with right now? Let me read it again. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Deliver me from the deceitful An unjust man. Verse 2. For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? And why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill. And to thy tabernacle. Then will I go to the altar of God, and to God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. And that is Psalm 43. Notice it ends with that verse that was repeated multiple times last week in verse 42, where he's asking his own soul a question, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? 
and why are thy disquieted within me? It's like, why are you so down and, and feeling hopeless? The answer to that hopeless is not to hope in yourself, but he goes on to say, hope in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. All right, moving on to Psalm 44. Again, appealing to God's mercy. Like we've heard about your power. We've heard the great stories of rescue. Habakkuk says the same thing, the prophet Habakkuk. We've heard your report. Do your work in our days, Habakkuk says. It's kind of that same mindset. Let's have a look. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work thou did in their days, in the times of old. How thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand, and plantest them, and how thou didst afflict the people, and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession, neither by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thy arm, and the light of thy countenance, because thou hast a favor unto them. Thou art my God, O God, or thou art my King, O God. Command deliverance for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and has put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Selah. All right, please note before we finish the last uh, 10 verses or so here, he's making the point that it's always all God, right? He's like, even the stories of old, it wasn't really them. It wasn't their sword or whatever that got them into the land or rescued them. It was the right arm, the right hand of God. And he says that. So because of that fact, we don't boast in ourselves, right? We boast in God all the day long. Verse 9. But thou hast cast off and put us to shame and goes not forth with our, with our armies. So please note, now he's saying... But things have changed. Now it's like God's not intervening right now. It seems, and he's going to go on to be kind of talking, you know, it seems like the enemy is now in control and God has withdrawn from us, maybe because of our sin, maybe because of our iniquity. Let me read verse 9 again. But thou hast cast off and put us to shame and goest not forth with our armies. Thou makest to turn back from the enemy. And they which hate us spoil us spoil for themselves. Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat, and hast scattered us among the heathen. Thou sellest thy people for naught, and dost not increase thy wealth by their price. Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, and a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. Thou makest a byword among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people." My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face hath covered me. For the voice of him that 
reproaches and blasphemeth by reason of the enemy and avenger. All this has come upon us, yet have we not forgotten thee. Neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from thy way. Thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons and covered us with the shadow of death. If we have forgotten the name of our God, our stretched, or st stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Yea, for thy sake are we killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Wherefore hidest thy face, and forgetteth our affliction and our oppression? For our soul was bowed down to the dust. Our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. And that is the end of Psalm 42, or 43 and 44. It just kind of ends with this plea, please God, don't cast us off forever. Don't, we're like sheep going to a slaughter. Please rise up, awaken, help us and redeem us for your mercy's sake. For your mercy's sake. All right, let's switch gears. We'll take a look at the prophet Isaiah, chapter 64. Here's what it says. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence, as when the melting fire burneth, the fire causes the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thy adversaries that the nations may tremble at thy presence. When thou didst terrible things, which we look not for, thou camest down, the mountains flowed down at thy presence. For since the beginning of the world men have not heard, nor perceived by ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, besides thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Let's stop for a second. Let's just read that again. Because it's really good news for those who would wait upon God. Which is a difficult thing to do. Let's look at that verse 4 just real quick again here. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear Neither hath the eye seen, O God, besides thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. God has prepared things for his people, specifically those who are waiting on him, complete reliance on him, that the individual could never even think of, could never perceive, it's never come into their ears, it's never come into their eyes, only God knows. That's what he's getting at for those who actually wait upon God, which is a very difficult thing because I don't know about you, but there's things that I've been waiting on God for for a very long time, many, many years, to the point where I've had moments of frustration, 
discouragement or feeling like, okay, I should just give up. God's clearly not coming through in this area for this, for this issue. Waiting on God is difficult. But according to the scriptures, there's great blessings for those who would wait. Those who would trust. Let's continue on. Verse 5. Thou meetest him that rejoiceth and worketh righteousness. Those that remember thee in thy ways, behold, thou art wroth, for we have sinned. And those is continuance, and we shall be saved. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. Our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, thou art our Father. We are clay, and thou art the potter. We are all the work of thy hand. Please, please take note of that. Isaiah is like, our righteousness is filthy rags. Our iniquities, it's like the wind. It's taken us away. Nobody even tries to really seek out to you. And as a result, we're facing you know, some unpleasant circumstances as a result of our iniquities. But then he's like, but you, God, you're the potter. We're simply clay. We're just, we're nothing more than the work of your hands. Verse 9, Be not wroth, very sore, O Lord, neither remember iniquity forever. Behold, see, we beseech thee, we are thy people. Thy holy cities are a wilderness, Zion is a wilderness, Jerusalem a desolation. Our holy and beautiful house where our fathers praise thee is burned up with fire. And all our pleasant things are laid waste. Will thou refrain thyself for these things, O Lord? Will thou hold thy peace and afflict us very sore? And that's the end of Isaiah 64. It ends with, God, are you going to let this be? Is it going to be this way forever? Are you going to... Please don't remember our sin forever. And by the way, look, we're, we're, we're crying out to you now. Please help us. I want to read a little bit of commentary to you from Matthew Henry to kind of end this discussion. Here's what he says. They desire that God would manifest himself to them and for them so that all may see it this is applicable to the second coming of Christ when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven they plead what God had used to do and had declared his gracious purpose to do for his people they need not fear being disappointed of it for it is sure, or a disappointment in it, for it is sufficient. The happiness of his people is bound up in what God has designed for them and is preparing for them 
and preparing them for what he has done or will do. This is, that was, that's an extremely important sentence that really, that really speaks to that verse four. Remember, verse 4 said, For since the beginning of the world men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, besides thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Listen to what Matthew Henry said about that. The happiness of his people is bound up in what God has designed for them, what he is preparing for them, and what he's preparing them for and what he has done or will do. Can we believe this? And then think anything too great to expect from his truth, power, and love? It is spiritual and cannot be comprehended by human understanding. It is ever ready. See what communion there is between a gracious God and a gracious soul. We must make conscience of doing our duty in everything the Lord our God requires. Thou meetest him that speaks of his freeness and forwardness in doing them good. Though God has been angry with us for our sins and justly, yet his anger has soon ended. But his favor is life which goes on and continues and on that we depend for our salvation. And that, my friends, is our study for this morning. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed and encouraged and strengthened and renewed. And I, and I pray that you've got a renewed strength to wait on God. He's prepared things for His children. He's prepared everything for his children because we are clay and he is the potter and our happiness like Matthew Henry says should be bound up in what God has done des- designed for our lives what he is preparing us for and what he will do thanks for listening peace and grace be with all of you and until next time God bless